Well, good morning, church. How y'all doing today? Come on, are you excited to be at church today? Come on, I really am. Come on, come on. Thank you, Jesus. They will know we are Christians by our cool music, coffee, chairs, sexy building with lights. They will know we are Christians by our yeah, that's what we've been talking about a lot here the last couple of weeks. And the first one was about our love to one another in the church. And then last week was all about our love, like in our regular everyday lives, in our homes and our lives. And today is all about loving the world, those who are distinctly different than us. How do we love them? How do we demonstrate Jesus to those who have a different ideology than we do? That is the question. Years ago, 34 years ago, I started dating this beautiful young Italian lady, Natalie. She's on the front row here. And, um, and when it came time to, uh, we, were, we were looking to get married, uh, I realized that I wasn't quite fully accepted at that point by her, from her family. Number one, they let me know very clearly that I was not Italian. <laughs> that was very, very clear. And, it, and many of you know, many, many of you Italians know there's, there's only two types of people in the world, right? Those who are Italian and everybody else who wants to be, okay? That's what they say, okay? And uh, so I wasn't, I wasn't Italian and I wasn't Catholic, number two. That was a big deal. I was actually going to this church that my, my wife and I were going here. And then um, number three, I didn't drink. And so there were three distinct things that made me different. And so one was an ethnic background. One was a religious background. And the third one was a cultural difference. It was cultural. And what I had to do was I had to... I had to win them over, not by arguing or rhetoric or becoming louder. I had to demonstrate love. I had to demonstrate what it really means to be a follower of Jesus and live that song we just sang about, about sinking deep in his love and, and, and you're my one desire, Jesus. And as I did that over the years, all those differences fell off, and they were one to the love of God because of my actions, not just because of the way that I speak. We are facing the same deal in our world today. The world has a perception of all Christians that we're up against. And it's up to you and I to change this perception, to do something about this that we can make a difference in our world. How many of you out there want to make a difference in your world? Come on, don't you? I do. And so to do that, it's going to take, it's going to take some effort. And so I want to launch today out of a, two verses that we've been reading every week the last couple of weeks in John chapter 13. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. This is Jesus. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world. Will prove to the world. 
world that you are my disciples. And this love in this context is agape here, and it's a love by choice. It's sacrificial giving. It doesn't look for anything in return. It's self-denial for the sake of other. So Jesus said, this is the love that we need to have for one another, and this is really what the world is looking for. They're looking for this in you and me. So Jesus tends to like say, hey, this is, this is pretty serious. we got to get this right. If we're going to make a difference in this world, we got to get this right. So here it is. Here it is. This is it here. By loving those in the world, by loving those in the world, it demonstrates that we are children of God, okay, that we're different in the world, and that we're mature in Christ. How many of you all want to become mature in Christ? See, don't, we don't just want to get older, we want to get more mature. We want to be mature in our demonstration, but, it, but we demonstrate, when we love those different than us, we demonstrate that we're His children, we have a different love, okay, and that we're mature. And this is what we want to uncover, and I want to go to Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, and, and, and I'm going to read the verses, unpack them a little bit, and everything I'm going to say this morning is out of these verses. The red letters, Jesus' words here. Red letters, Jesus' words here. In verse 43, now Jesus is giving his followers a new way to act and think. It's all good. So Jesus is communicating to his followers. He said, hey, there's a new way that you're going to need to act and think if you're going to be my followers. There's a way you used to think. There's a way you used to act. But it got to change if you're going to be a follower of me. Hey, like, hey, there's going to be a difference here. We're going, to, we're, we're, going to, we're going to struggle with this a little bit, but we're going to, this is what I'm telling you off, right, out of the, right out of the shoot here. This is what we're going here. So here it is here, red letters. Okay, you have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children Okay, when you do this, you're going to be a true child of God, of your Father in heaven, for He gives His sunlight to both evil and good. He sends His rain on the just and unjust alike. Verse 46, if, these are Jesus' words, if you only love those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? We have a love that's different. Did you track that? Okay. He said, even pagans do that. Now, that's not talking about the biker gang. That's talking about those who are far from God. For he get, uh, but, you, but you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, Jesus is saying here, not perfect as in without blemish or without problems or without any, any issues, because God knows we got issues. Have you looked around the room? Come on. We do. But he's perfect here means mature. It means developed to completion. It means to be complete in Christ. So if we want to be complete in Christ, as, as he's complete in Christ, we have to demonstrate love. Love is so key here. 
It's so important to understand. So love in this context is a little different word than the first one. Love here means actively doing what the Lord prefers with him, Jesus living his life through us. It's love by choice, not by circumstance. So we have a love that we're going to choose, not a love by circumstance. Now, I realize talking about love, we have, we have two groups of people in the room right now. We have those over 50. Where's my focus generation? Yeah, come on, somebody. We tend to be a little more black and white, a little more right or wrong. I know, you can tell, that's right. Mm -hmm. You could tell, there was heads nodding. Um, by the time somebody said it. Mm -hmm. Right? Now those, that's the focus generation. Now the fire generation, younger, they tend to not be as black and white, right or wrong. It's more circumstantial. They're afraid to nod their heads right now. Yeah, it's like, yeah. But no, just, just bear with me. See, we, ha we have even two generations that think drastically different, even in this church right here. Even here, that we're supposed to represent God, but we come with two different mindsets about who is God and how do we, how do we live this, right? And may I suggest to you that we need both of those mindsets. Jesus came in John 1. He had truth, black and white, right or wrong, but grace, hey, let's empower, let's figure this thing out a little bit. Can I suggest to you, we, we need both. We need truth and grace. But remember, grace is never so you don't have to. Grace is so that you can. Just remember that definition. It's always so you can. It's always empowers. It, it emboldens us here. So here we have a, a love by choice, not by circumstance. So let's go back to verse 43 here. And Jesus said, you heard it said. You heard what the law says. Love your neighbor, hate your enemy. So obviously, this is something that they heard. They heard it in their context that it was okay to hate your enemies. And Jesus is saying, basically, he's saying, where did you get that idea? That's not a biblical idea. May I suggest to you that we all in this room, including me, are capable of making up what we think is biblical of things that aren't. Because we hear them long enough and we begin to believe them and we don't know why we believe them. And it's easy to grab a hold of a thought, an ideology that is not God or not biblical, but we just begin to accept it because it sounds right. When there was, in, in Luke chapter 10, when Jesus said, you need to love your neighbor as yourself, one of the guys stepped up and said, excuse me, Jesus, who's my neighbor? What he was saying was, is there a loophole? <laughs> That's what he was basically saying. He did the same thing you and I would be. Ah, define neighbor. <laughs> I mean, is a neighbor next door neighbor or a neighbor in theory neighbor? We all do it, am I right? And what I'm saying to you, if we're going to love those who are distinctly different than you and me, we need to get rid of all those thoughts 
And we need to grab a hold of a biblical view of what is love and what isn't. Because there's things we think are right and wrong, but are they? Can I let you in on a secret? I struggle with my faith regularly. I know that's not a church growth strategy I just gave you right there. (laughs) What I'm trying to say is I'm constantly challenged in what I believe. Why do I believe that? Where in the Bible does it communicate that? What is the Jesus thing to do? We live in this culture where everything's supposed to be perfect and all together, and, 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 and we have all these different ideologies and, and things going on, but we all struggle. So the issue isn't if you struggle, it's where do you go when you struggle? Do we go to the Word of God? Do we go to people who can help us think and, and, and process biblical thoughts as, a, as opposed to human wisdom? Because right now in our culture that we live, there's a human wisdom called humanism that's creeping in even to biblical mindsets. And people are a lot more in humanism, human wisdom, than they are godly wisdom. And, and, and I want to challenge all of us, what do we really believe here? What is it here? So, okay, enemy. Jesus said you got to love your enemies. Enemy is anybody that's hostile towards God. or enemy, Openly hostile, I should say. That's really enemy. An enemy of God is openly hostile towards him, but an enemy is openly hostile. Openly hostile. See, we make enemies over those who are of different demographics, socioeconomics. We make enemies over certain political ideologies. We make enemies over young and old, black and white, worldviews. And we We make enemies out of them because as long as they're our enemy, we make up in our mind they're different and they're unsaved and oh well. But may I suggest to you, that's an okay thought process until you add in there's a real heaven and a real hell. Game changer. So how do you and I demonstrate God's love to those who are distinctly different? Who is our enemies? Who are our enemies? Matthew 5.44 in a different translation, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Oh, joy. (laughs) Yeah, right? I mean, like, are you serious? Yeah, come on, this is Jesus talking. These are the words of Jesus. Isn't that what we came here to, to know today? Didn't you come here? You, you didn't come here to hear some cool message. You want to know what God's doing in our world right now. Right? And he's about to use you to affect your world. But we have to be willing to embrace his love here. Okay, let's look at another verse. Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, verse 9. Here we go. Don't just pretend to love others. 
Yeah. Really love them. Okay, here, key. It would be great if we just stopped there. Okay. Yeah. Here it is. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Are you feeling attention? No, I'm serious. Are you feeling attention? So biblically, is there a way that we can hate what is wrong but hold tightly to what is good? Our culture right now is telling us as Christians to love somebody, you have to accept that their lifestyle and everything comes with it is okay. You live in the same world I do. And we're wrestling, we're wrestling with this. What do we really believe? Is there a way to hate what is wrong but cling to what is good and love the person? Are are there any parents in the room? How many of you parents love everything your kids do? I see one hand there. Wow. There will be a prayer line right over here at the end. They're going to come pray for everybody. I'm like, wow. Um, We have five kids, uh, 25 and up into their 30s right now. And I'm going to be honest, if they were here, I'd say the same thing. They irritate the heaven out of me at times. (laughs) That, pooh, it goes. I mean, it really, really is. And um, there have been times growing up and even now as adults, I don't like everything they do. I don't like everything they stand for. I don't like all those. But never have there been one day that I didn't absolutely love them and stay committed to them. Loving them, I mean, that's not even an option. That's like, that's what we do. That's what we do. We, um, two of our five kids are adopted. And uh, today is adoption day. This is the day we officially adopted them years and years ago. And, um, and so we were on a text thread this morning, and they're like, they're like, so glad you chose us. And man, come on. You see, I used to tell the adopted ones, like, like we chose you. The others we just kind of got. I mean, it was just like we got them. I mean, it's like... What I'm trying to say to you today is you may be in this room right now and you feel like everybody else has it easy, has it made, they've been here, they know God, and you're new to this. I want to say God chose you just as much as everybody else. Adoption day. So glad you chose. I'm so glad Jesus made a way for me. See, is there a way that we can we can work this out and say that I love, but this is wrong. See, that's the tension, right? Okay, who are who are enemies? May I suggest to you, according to Colossians chapter one, we were all enemies. We were all hostile towards God. This includes you who were once far from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Now, many of you here today, well, my my actions weren't that evil. 
I mean, really, they weren't that bad. There's a few people in the room that were really bad. I'm not one of them. <laughs> May I suggest that bad is bad? And if you miss the mark, you miss the mark. No, I'm being honest. We were all hostile towards God. I was hostile towards God. I was alienated. I was completely separate, an enemy from God here. Yet, verse 22, now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Jesus. The point of love was so that we would be reconciled to God, not just be loved. Ah, as a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. That's what the blood of Jesus does for us. That's what the blood of Jesus does. Not better thinking or not more acceptance here. But what we keep doing is we keep making enemies of different people or different groups. Because as long as they're different than us, and they're of a different kingdom, then we're justified in not loving them. We all have a kingdom that we like to promote. But any kingdom that doesn't have Jesus' kingdom first has to be subservient to His. My group. My people. My agenda. Many of you, when you walked in, I might have, I, 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 there's many people here I haven't met. And we're all capable of this. You look up on the stage and you see a 50 some year old white male and you begin to size up. This is what you think, this is what you do, this is what you believe. I have this happen to me all the time. Well, I just know you, you think this. Wow, you are so good. <laughs> no, I'm serious. This happens all the time. I have people come to me in the, and they'll say, well, the church, they all say this and they all do that. And, and I literally ask the question, who are they? No, really, who are they? Who says that? I've had people come to this church and say that this church is against this and it's against that, and this church rants and raves about this issue and that issue, and I'm like, have I ever done that? No. Have one of our pastors ever done that? No. Has any of our leaders ever done that? No, but I know you're thinking it. Literally, I've, this is what people tell me. I know what you're thinking. Really? Why don't you ask me? And let's have a conversation in what we really believe. Are you with me? See, that's what we need if we're going to demonstrate God's love. If we're going to demonstrate who He really is to this world. Um... I'm pretty passionate about being pro-life. I'm not here to try to convince you today. I realize there are people in this room right now, and I am thankful that you're here, and I'm very appreciative. That's just not your thought process. 
I personally believe it's, it, it's biblical and scientific. That's just my personal view. If that's not yours, maybe we could have a conversation. I'm not going to say you're stupid. I'm not going to say anything like that about you. I'm going to say, hey, let's talk. Not so long ago, I was at an event, um, and the topic of abortion came up. And it got heated. It got really heated real fast. And um, I, I didn't act in a loving way. <laughs> Matter of fact, my attitude and my actions were really bad. I thought whoever was louder wins. And uh, conversation broke up, and I said, I'm out of here. I'm leaving this party. This is really what I said. And I looked at my wife, and I said, I'm leaving. If you want to come with me, get in the car. If you want to stay, stay. And she said, what are you doing? And I said, what do you think I'm doing? I did. I, I, this is, maybe you have better conversations. You're holier than me. But I, I'm just telling you the truth. And she looked at me and she said, she just looked at me and she said, nobody can hear you because you're yelling so loud. I hate it when she's right. I mean, I really hate it. But thank God, in a moment of clarity, I stopped. And I humbled myself. And I went to that person, and I sat down. And I said, let's talk. Let's talk. I didn't make any excuse for my actions. My actions were completely wrong. They weren't God-like. They weren't Christ-like. They had nothing to do with God. I had to look past and see the person beyond the issue that I think is so important. Because really, Jesus is the most important thing. Now, I'm not saying abortion isn't important. How about... Hmm. Jesus, help us. How about those in the um, LGBTQ? And, and, and I'm not being disrespectful with the rest of the initials. Please hear me. I'm just identifying. There's people of a different ideology, and there's people in this room right now. You are struggling with same-sex attraction, and you're struggling in different ways. And I want to let you know that you are welcome to be here. And, and this, we're all trying to figure out what it means to be followers of Jesus. but we can make enemies out of people and we choose sides with our ideology and our political views and our black and white and our male, female and in and, 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 and religious aspects. And it's like, I just think God's asking us to move past that. And it's hard. I'm not afraid to tell you. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure out what this really means. How to love the person 
but not like, I'm going to use the word agenda. And there's an agenda that says we have to like everything. How do you do that? Are you, do you feel the same tension I do in life? But there's those who are saying, well, if you're a Christian, everybody should be accepted. Everybody should be fine. And you're right. In a church context, everybody's welcome. Jesus had, he ate with the tax collectors and the Pharisees and the prostitutes. And, and I'm not putting any of them down. That's who we should be eating with. That's who we should be around. But we shouldn't be coming more like them and say that it's okay. See, Jesus loves us, but he loves us too much to leave us in the way he found us. His love and kindness draw me to repentance and reconciliation. That I want to be right with God more than I want to be right. And I want others to be right with God because how bad, how bad do you have to hate somebody to say that they're just unsaved and who cares? How bad do we have to hate people? How bad that we just make up our mind what everybody else thinks and we have, we're grabbing at every opportunity to be offended. Everybody wants to be offended. I want to be offended. My offense is bigger than your offense. How about our God is so big, he just wants us to demonstrate love, but not accept everything in the process. But let's have a conversation. Let's talk. Let's have values that we can work together biblically and figure out because this is what we're all trying to do. We're all trying to figure out what we believe and what it is to be a follower, right? And I tell people all the time, our church was made for people like you and me. This is what I tell people. Honest, ordinary, everyday people that are just trying to figure out what it means to be a Christian in 2023. Come on, somebody. This is what we're trying to figure out, but we, we got to figure it out without coming in and saying we know everything. In the book of Acts, what made them stand out to, to everybody was they were different race, ethnic, male, female, older, younger, different languages, but they all got along and demonstrated love. That's what happened in the book of Acts. That's what made it different. When people encounter us, are they encountering the same thing? Because I really like the fact that we're in one church in four locations, very distinctly different. And when we all get together, it's like, this is going to be a blast. Because we're all so different. White collar, blue collar, no collar, high collars, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm really. Yeah. And, and I'm so thankful for your pastor, uh, campus pastor right here, Pastor Nick. If you Google loving people, I mean, his, his face comes up. <laughs> and I'm not saying this to like puff him up. I'm just saying he just, he, he just knows how to love people. That's why I want to get, I, 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 see, I, I can follow somebody that's just trying to love people and do it in a biblical way. Are you good? And loves people enough to tell the truth, but there's grace. And we don't have it all together.
but together, let's figure it out. Can, can we do that? I want to give you a quote. Um, pastor Gerald Brooks, a pastor in Plano, Texas. And um, in the name of faith, I will not quit being a person of love. And in the name of love, I will not quit being a person of faith. I want that to sink in. As a matter of fact, if you're not wrestling with this, and you're not, like, I mean really wrestling, we're probably not maturing. I'm a person of faith, but I cannot be a person of love because everybody wants me to pick sides and make an issue. Like right now, let me give you an example. Um, Several places throughout the United States, they're having long prayer meetings and worship times. And I mean, there's this really cool thing happening. And I haven't read one critic, but supposedly there's a lot of them because people are saying everybody's a critic and the church is criticizing. I'm like, who's criticizing? That's a, again, who? Who's doing that? A bunch of college young people are spending all night in worship and prayer. Have you seen any college campus lately? Who on earth would get upset at that? No, I'm serious. But we're trying to pick sides. Pastor, what side are you on? Oh, we had it during the pandemic. Are you a mask on or mask off? <laughs> really? No, I'm serious. No, I, no, this is what we want to do. We're constantly trying to find out what side we're on. I'm on the side of Jesus. This is my side. And this is what I'm trying to figure out. So I'm not going to give up my faith in order to be a person of love. Because love, you just have to accept everybody. You have to accept everything. So you've got to give up your faith. But I'm not going to give up faith or love. We've got to put them together. I hope and pray that that statement, that you wrestle with that all week. And I'm playing it. I'm, I'm honest, because we've got to figure this thing out. And we got to create a place where people can come and meet Jesus. So how, how, do we, how do we love people that are from a totally different world system than our own? I want to try to help you. How do we love people from a totally different world system? And I'm going to give you four, four ways we can demonstrate love. Number one, we have to be willing to look at the person. We have to be willing to look at the person, not just their issue or their kingdom or their thing that they're a part of. We got to be willing to look and value people. Um, I... Uh, Next month, um, well, how many of y'all heard? I mean, you, you have to hear. At the Texas border at Mexico, there's just people coming across like crazy. I'm not, I'm not going to make a political statement, so give it rid of that. But there's major crises at our border right now. I'm not blaming anybody. There's people trying to get here because they want freedom. 
That's the only common denominator I find. Can we at least agree on that? And um, I'm going to go down next month with somebody and work a couple days at a border ministry. And uh, I need to do it. Because without that, they're just, it's just a problem over there. It's just a bunch of people. It's just a bunch of people that are freeloading and want this and they want that and they're, it's illegal. I mean, it's, it, I just need to go see people. I said in December to Nellie, I said, you know, I need to go and go somewhere where God breaks my heart. I need to go somewhere where I'm not broken over my finances, my life, my stuff, my problems, my issues, my hurts. I need to go around people and value people that are distinctly different than me. I need a readjustment. And so I said, I'm going to get on a plane and I'm going to go. But my goal in going is to go check it out so that in the next couple months, I can send many of you there. I mean this. And we're going to do everything we can as a church to send you on either to Guatemala, Honduras, or to the border, or go somewhere that God can break our hearts again. For people, not for issues. Our issue is heaven and hell. Let's make that the issue. And let's give up all of this, the church this, and the church that, and this, and that group and this group. No, let's look at people. Let's value one another. Let's value the person. Oh, they're in drugs and there's probably a reason they are. Yeah, it's called addiction. Really? We're going to sit and judge one another over this? People accusing us of Christians of this and you're this. No, no, no. Let's have conversation. Let's look at the person. we need to listen, to ask questions. No, I mean, we really need to listen because when I stopped yelling and I humbled myself and I listened, I could say, how did you come to that conclusion? What makes you think that way? Let's exchange now. Let's exchange ideas. And we could talk and we can listen to one another. And, and, and learn what Proverbs 15, 1, a gentle answer deflects anger. Come on. And, but harsh words make tempers flare. Let's wrestle together. Number three, let's learn. At Bridge City Church, we, uh, we build bridges. So that those far from God can cross. And the only way we can build bridges is we have to build a bridge strong enough by listening and learning that can withstand the truth. Oh, I didn't say we don't speak truth. 
I never said, oh, we don't, don't speak truth, don't speak biblical, you can't do that. Really? Who said that? We have to. We separate attitudes and actions from the person. Let's separate attitudes and actions from the person, and we can learn. Is this helping you today? Is this helping you? Because, man, it's helping me. And last but not least, then we can love. We demonstrate love. We speak truth in love with kindness and grace and graciousness. And we have real dialogue. And we, we have real, like, tension. The problem is, is when we think we're right on whatever side we are, and we stop listening to other people. And I know what we're thinking. If the other side only listened to me, it would be a lot better. Am I right? You can be young or old to think that. Am I right? Let's give up that. and Let's make it about Jesus and heaven and hell. Because Jesus didn't come to earth only to love us. He came to make a way to heaven for us. Oh, it's, he came to give us a faith that, man, we sang about today, about Jesus being the anchor, and he's going to see me through, even through pain and difficulty and problems and everything that goes with us. Jesus is going to see us through. Together, we're going to believe that. And we're going to pray for one another. And every wayward child is going to come home. And, and we, want, we want to see heaven really big. And we want to see hell really small. And that's the biggest issue of them all. If you want to grow in your love, you want to grow in any way to be more like Jesus and what I said, just stand to your feet so I can pray with you right now. If there's just anything I said that you say, man, I need to listen, or I need to learn, or I need to love, I, oh, I need to look past the person, no matter what your thing is, come on. I want Bridge City Church to be a place where people will encounter God's love. Don't you? Don't you have friends that you want to see? Lord, I pray for every person standing right now, God, and we really, really want to demonstrate you. God, I, we need to learn to look at the person and we need to listen and we need to learn. God, help us. Help me, Lord, do that because I'm not good at it, Father. Help me, Lord. And uh, God, thank you for that. Um, Lord, let Bridge City Church, all four locations, but here right now in White Oak, Lord God, be a demonstration of your love. In John 3, 16, for this is how God loved the world. He gave, he gave, he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. There was a reason God gave Jesus. It was so that, so that we would not perish but have eternal life. And if you're here today and you don't know for certain if you have eternal life, I want to offer you Jesus. I want to offer you him. Repentance a change of direction and reconciliation, a relationship with God. So I want to offer you to be forgiven of your sin and I want to offer you because we're hostile towards God 
in a relationship with God. This is what I want to offer you. And if you would like that today, you're saying, I want eternal life. I want to know what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And I never did this before. But today, I want today to be my day. And pastor, if, I, just want, if, I just want today to be my day. And if that's you, if you're here right now and you're saying, that's me, that's me right now. I just want you just to slip up your hand right now. Say, oh, here I am, pastor. God, I need that to be me today. Is there anybody in the house today that just says, man, I really need this love. I need this in Jesus' name. Anybody at all today, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Lord God, I thank you, Father, for this house. And I pray that this, this house right here would be forever a place that would be a demonstration of your love and grace and mercy. Help us be more like you. And every week here, Lord God, see more and more people become followers of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's give God a great big hand. Pastor Nick, if you'll close us up. Thanks so much.